is Umsteigemöglichkeiten. The Berlin Dating Shit Show. Struggle. Oh, we're not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> We're your hosts, Anna Marie, a queer journalist and feminist activist from California. And Marta, a queer Londoner studying and working in Berlin. Let's get on with the show. This week's episode touches on themes such as breakups, singlehood, and cultural expectations on women. And as always, we will be swearing a bit. So have fun with that. Marta, how do you feel about being single? I, I love being single and I feel like there's no way to say that, that you won't worry that somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, of course she does, you know, that they think secretly she's lying about like the fact that she loves being single. I genuinely love being single. I love hanging out by myself. I love doing whatever I want to do. What about you? I also love being single, but I get what you mean. It's appalling and shocking to think that we're not just sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for the next relationship to come our way because we're happy to just talk about these themes and um, hope that people can relate to them especially in this episode where we're talking about singlehood and self-relationship and we talked to our good friend Amelia who lived in Berlin for a couple years and is now back in the UK and she's really happy being single as well. So I think we have a lot in common and are coming from a particular perspective where that really has to do with the fact that we are also three women who enjoy spending time with ourselves. And as we talk about in this week's episode, maybe that's not for everyone and I get that, but Also, why can't the culture and the fucking society just let us be okay with that and not keep asking us, oh, so Marta, you seeing anyone? Yeah, I agree with you. And I just think it's really weird. Like, if I think about my life in general, which I have lived with myself, right? I've been here the whole time. It's just actually just been me. Other people have been in and out of it, but mainly it's me. I've been single the majority of it. Like, for me, being in a relationship, and relationships are great, don't get me wrong, there's a state of exception. It's something that's like almost an aberration of the norm. And I don't know if you ever have this, but like there is a point sometimes when I'm in a relationship and I just think, oh, I just get kind of itchy. And I'm kind of like, oh, like, you know, it's just, it's something that I like think about if I think about my future and if I was to be in a long-term relationship, which is something that I do want, right? And that I look forward to when the time is right. But I always think to myself like, oh, how am I going to maintain my independence, which I've worked so hard to build? Mm. And I I think also the cultural expectation kind of also works in a relationship where it feels rude or it feels wrong to say like, I want to spend time by myself now. I don't want to maybe sleep with you every single night, as wonderful as it is to sleep with someone that you love. Sometimes I want to sleep by myself or I want to just have a day or a weekend or, you know. Mm. I think this cultural expectation that exists, it makes you think that you should be unwhole without somebody else in your life and that it's wrong for you to be able to, yeah, that you should feel dependent on your partner for, for something that I don't want to be dependent on anybody for. Right, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And especially what you're saying about things like sleeping apart. I think I've maybe heard this more from, let's say, quote unquote, 
older couples. But when, you know, couples have been in a relationship for 20, 30 years, and then maybe they don't want to sleep in the same bedroom or bed together. And I think there's a lot of shaming around that, which is so fucking unfair. I can totally understand why after 20, 30 years, you know, you really would want to sleep and have a good night's rest. Maybe you don't want that guy's giant fucking nostrils flapping about, keeping you from your from your very important sleep. <laughs> I think there's also this expectation that there's one way of creating and maintaining intimacy, mm-hmm. and that's also really performative. And it's really sad because I think we don't allow people to figure out what intimacy and love mean for themselves. And that also means exactly what you said, that you have to have a certain level of relationship with yourself and being okay with yourself. And I know that there's a million ways people approach relationship and I come from this I come to this topic from a different perspective because for me like I also I'm not saying I would never want a relationship but I've also never had a super long-term relationship so for me I'm like you know I've always been single the longest relationship I've had has been seven or eight months so for me like the next phase that I'm looking for is definitely where I'm saying okay you know what I really know who I am I know what I want I know I'm where I'm at and I'd like to now practice that relationship with myself and then in a relationship with someone else. But I think we really just keep people beholden to this unrealistic notion of what relationships are supposed to be. Germany and Berlin, I think, is breaking apart some of these expectations. So like we know people who don't live together and are married or we know people who have been in relationships for decades, have children together, are not married, or maybe don't live together. And I think that's really awesome. I think that's the way to do it, is just figure out what works for you. And I mean, especially coming from the US, a lot of the times people are like, oh, well, you know, we get a tax break, it's cheaper. You get better health insurance deals, you get, I don't even know, probably car insurance, shit like that. And our entire capitalist market is set up for coupling mm-hmm. i mean i used to get <laughs> i used to get really upset about this but when you go grocery shopping everything is designed for families yeah and i'm always just like i want to buy a loaf of bread or or some whatever product and not have it go bad or have to stuff my face with it for three days before yeah. it goes bad right like there's where's the single person supermarket I know. Where? You're so right. Like, everything in society is geared around this model of, like, you won't be single for too long. You will meet one other human. You will build unit with other human and probably produce other humans, right? Yeah. And and then also, like, it it sucks for single people, but it also sucks for the relationship models that we're just talking about, like, where people don't live together or where maybe they... Mm -hmm. Like, I'd love to have in the future, if I was in a a marriage, I'd love to have a house or where we live together. I would like to live with my partner, but I'd like to live together in a way where we have separate spaces, we have separate rooms that are for us so that we can maintain that. But you have to have an income level where you can afford to buy or rent a place like that. Right, right. If you can only afford a one-bedroom place with your partner, that's going to put, like, so much strain on your relationship because under capitalist model, it's good, but, like, for real life, it might not be great for you. It might not be what you want. And, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we love being single and not having to deal with this shit <laughs> okay what are some of the things we don't like about being single and maybe i should interrupt myself just to say i think what comes up in this interview with amelia is i think we also have one s- definition of single when we mm-hmm. talk about it and i we as the collective like societally 
when in reality there's like a million different kinds. Absolutely. So my kind of single is that I'm, I'm not intentionally straying away from sex or dating. I am dating every so often, but I'm not putting a ton of weight on my dating life and I'm not actively pursuing a relationship. I'm more actively trying to put energy into my friendships and familial relationships. So mm-hmm. what what's your type of single and what are some things about it that might be a negative to you right now? My general single is like, you could probably call it celibate, but it's not that I'm like intentionally abstaining from sex, but I just go like, you know, I went like two years or something. I didn't have any sex and hadn't been on any dates, mm-hmm. um, which was which was like cool. And f- I mean, I complained about it at the time because, you know, like as a human being, you do want, you know, you have wants and needs and I, I like sex. And so I wanted to have sex sometimes and I didn't have anybody to have sex with. And also being in love with somebody is a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful feeling. And mm-hmm. I would get lonely and I would think like, I want to have that again one day, you know? Yeah. There's nothing like being single happily doesn't mean that you're like always like, I don't need anybody. And I'm like, right. You know, like never want to be held again. Of course I, as a person, not everybody does, but I like being in love and I look forward to the day one day when I'm going to be in a relationship again and, and have like, that beautiful thing so yeah i've said that is one of the downsides you do get sometimes lonely then there is also like i mean the the expectation like wears on you after a while and you can start to think like oh what's wrong with me like am i to this am i to that am i not putting myself out there enough should i be doing this thing to Mm -hmm. get into a relationship or like if you see people around you that are like in happy relationships and you're like oh like what's wrong with me why can't I have what they have when the truth is that like half of it is timing and luck and circumstance and all of these other things and you might not be ready for it as much as you want it you might be like Mm -hmm. you know you might still be working on something in yourself you may be a clingy person like you and I'm I'm saying this to myself like Mm -hmm. I used to be a clingy insecure person and I had to work on that shit Mm. you know like nobody would have wanted to be with me back then you know relationships ended you know so I always um, I always accidentally and go with the phrase peg do for and <laughs> since I've entered it, me for it baby. I'm never, <laughs> I never would have taken you for someone who was clingy because you're such an independent person but that's interesting yeah I guess exactly what you're saying we learn these things about ourselves in relationship you learn a lot about yourself and then you learn a lot about, about yourself when you're single mm-hmm. And not in a romantic relationship, I guess. And I think I also learned so much about myself through my friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, I think also this idea, I used to get really, <laughs> and this is, my, my mom used to, when I finally came out to her as bi, she was like, yeah, I thought you were in love with all your friends in high school, which isn't true, but I, I've always had this idea of friendship that, like, I, I take them very seriously. Like, I've, I've always put my friendships first, and I used to get really upset when I'd get, passed over for a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and it still bothers me and now I have a wonderful set of friends you included thank you where we we do put a lot of weight on our friendships not a lot of weight they are important to us and we make time for our friends and we prioritize them but I think there are definitely people and I've struggled with people like this who always seem to place their romantic relationships above their friends Again, that is something that me not having had relationships that lasted years and not fully understanding or knowing what it takes to maintain a relationship like that, I understand 
that that is something that I'm missing. And maybe, and I think you do have to prioritize a romantic relationship for it to work, right? But it always just bothered me that everything about our culture prioritizes it, mm-hmm. like we've already said. I mean, especially films. It's not like you ever go into a rom-com and the goal is like, the woman is sitting alone in a park reading a book thinking, oh, I, I'm just here at this park looking for my best friend. <laughs> like, that is not the plot to any rom-com. <laughs> or what would it be? It would be, be like a friend a, from com friend friend com Thinking about singleness, in my life, like my first relationship, which was the longest one, was a very... Um, how long was it? It was 11... Well, it was like, we were together for like two months and then we broke up for like four months and then we got back together for like 11 months. So okay. it was a long process of being entangled with this person. And it was such an unhealthy relationship. Like it was so... I've talked about this before. It's like, it was like controlling and, and very toxic and very unpleasant situation for me to be in. And... I think about leaving that relationship and becoming single like that moment of singleness even though I made other stupid decisions following it like in other relationships that were also like kind of dumb and you know things that I look back on and I laugh at myself and like haha I was silly you know (laughs) silly writer I know chasing some random dick at 19 like what was I doing but leaving that relationship and I think about all the things that I've done in my life that I would never and I mean this like I would not have done if I had been in that relationship. I would never have moved to Germany, which has been one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. I would never have taken some of the opportunities that I've taken in my life to like travel or the friendships, like that relationship cut me off from so many of my friendship that I had to like rebuild afterwards. Uh, uh-huh. And just like the depth of like, yeah, friendships that I've been able to build, being able to meet strangers, also being able to just date around like, being single was like so liberating to me and I regularly think back and think like thank god I found the strength to leave that relationship Mm -hmm. which I think is something to bear in mind like it's not there's no shame in the relationship ending you know they can end well they can end badly there's nothing really to be ashamed of that you're single again now like it's just a different way of living your life and it's not Mm -hmm. inherently better or worse than being you know coupled with somebody else it can also be a, a great thing for you yeah if you want it to be and no matter what age you're at it feels like we're all working towards this this goal i don't know what a good metaphor is sliding to this this garage door that's closing and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in an action movie indiana jones indiana jones style and like the the cutoff point the point at which is cl- it close that door closes forever is like when you're 30 or 32 or 35 whatever the ideal is also that then you will have children and that is also a ticking clock slash time bomb whatever you want to call it i mean we kind of often joke on this podcast about like the shit sides of being single and like yeah dating is hard and things like that and i mean that's all true but i think yeah in this episode we just really want to focus on the beauty of being with yourself and getting to know yourself in different ways. And it can be scary and it can be very lonely, but it's a, it's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is just such a beautiful thing. Unless you soak and then you don't want to get to know yourself and then just don't do it. <laughs> Drown your sorrows in other people. <laughs> no, if anyone's listening and they're like really scared of being single, you know, we're here for you. We're single people. We're working through it and we're loving it. Not Maybe not every day, maybe not every second, but there's many of us, especially in Berlin. Join the club. Join we the club. <laughs> we have t 
t-shirts? No, we don't have t-shirts. Join the club. We have a podcast. (sighs) I think a lot of the things we've touched on, Amelia very eloquently states herself. And she takes us through her journey into figuring this all out on her own. And yeah, I think it's a really good chat. I think we had a really lovely time. And I hope you listeners enjoy it as much as we did. Amelia, thank you so much for joining us again since we tried this once before and had technical difficulties. So how do you define being in a relationship with yourself or like whatever your approach is to working on self-love? So I um, I guess I would just identify as being single at the moment. So I, yeah, a bit of background that I was in a relationship uh, for around four and a half years and then I moved to Berlin to be single I mean technically for a master's but <laughs> <laughs> that was like the secondary reason no I moved to Berlin to be single and I think I thought that I would I mean not initially like I was I, w- I did want to do the master's and I thought it would just be this kind of liberating experience to like yeah move abroad um do what I wanted to do and prioritize myself and be able to just take up opportunities as I saw them and I definitely had a lot of work to do about self-care self-love and I've made so much progress on that so I guess I've been single for just under three years now which has definitely been like the best experience of my life it's so fun I could highly recommend it enough definitely I haven't had the experience of being single that I thought I would have three years ago I probably thought that whilst I might take six months to kind of be sad and then I would suddenly enter this other phase of my life where I was just dating and you know maybe having sort of like silly young relationships and like having loads of fun and I have been pretty consistently single AF since then. <laughs> it's been different to what I expected, but I, yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself. And actually, I didn't want to date and probably still don't at the moment. Mm-hmm. Real quick, you said that at the end of your last relationship, after it ended, you said you had a lot of work to do regarding self-love. Do you mind telling us like why that was or what kind of process that was? I think, I mean, I was young and I think I had been... You're still young. (laughs) (laughs) Crumbling apart, I'm so old. Um, No, I was young and I think I just like had most people. I mean, I had a lot of insecurities and self-hate things that I'd struggled with between during the ages that I was when I was in a relationship so I was in a relationship from when I was 18 until I was sort of yeah nearly 23 and that's definitely a very formative period and I'm I'm really grateful I was in the relationship there's I don't have there's no shade to my ex it wasn't a bad relationship but I think just not focusing on myself I don't know I just had become very dependent on him for my self-confidence and self worth to an extent and I mean from the start of our relationship I always said oh by the way (laughs) I'm gonna break up with you at some point and move abroad because I want to be alone and 
I don't know what that says about me, but I just, I knew that I kind of had to do this, had to have a period where I didn't really have any distractions. So like, there's no calling someone for 45 minutes before you go to bed or ringing someone up when something goes wrong at the post office and you just want to vent. I mean, sometimes I call my mum, but like in general, you're like more just being more independent. And I think it, I have bad anxiety and I have OCD and I definitely think if I hadn't have taken the time to be single and very single, I don't think I would have addressed those issues or even acknowledged them. Mm. So that's kind of getting therapy or learning how to like self-soothe and like I get sad that I know how now how to make myself happy even if there's no one around and I think it's just such a invaluable experience and now I can do that I don't need anyone to kind of make me happy mm -hmm. which I think I find liberating because I'm like if I do well I see my will get in more relationships but if and when I do get in them it's not coming from a place of kind of needing someone to fill a void. It's coming from a place of like, oh, you enjoy a thing that I don't enjoy. Teach me about that. Like add to my life, like bring something to the table rather than just let me, yeah, stop me feeling sad. Mm -hmm. You're not dependent on anyone else anymore. You're, yeah, you're totally independent. And you, I mean, obviously you're a friend of ours. We know that you also do have friends and talk to people. <laughs> you're not just like, I hate everyone and I'm cloistered off from the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did say I haven't been outside in four days, but you know, <laughs> it's not me. I've got friends. <laughs> it being a lockdown, it being a pandemic, what, what has that done to your like singleness? Has it made you dive further into yourself or have you started thinking in a different way has it had any impact on it I think this year I think the lockdown was challenging for me because I in the last three years I developed so many sort of techniques and self-care strategies and I think so much of that for me was kind of being able to make my days nice so like I lived in Berlin for two years and then I lived in France six months so I could just go to a bakery and buy myself a big cake or I could go to a gallery by myself I would make things happen and I think the lockdown took away all of those kind of self-care strategies that I had become quite reliant on that I found challenging I kind of adjusted and just took up a range of hobbies like as did most people so I was kind of okay for the first month but I think I've struggled when, yeah, things have started to be opening up. And I, I definitely had like a a wobble where I was like, oh, my God, what if you're going to be single for two years until they discover a vaccine or something? I've had a lot of time to think about it. And I think I've kind of now settled on that's fine. And I think I definitely feel a lot, a lot of pressure from sort of friends, family to date. And I've had conversations with other friends who are also like, we've talked about this kind of sense of pressure. And if the dating scene doesn't appeal to you, then, but you are content being single, then there's always kind of an expectation of like, mm, why aren't you dating? Like, is it because you're deeply insecure and you're like, mm, no, <laughs> 
should I be? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, I don't know, guess that this like kind of outsider expectation that is, oh, you, you must be too shy today, or you must be too insecure. You must have some issue why you don't, you aren't dating or like, oh, you can't get a date. And they're like, I mean, I can, I can get a date if I want. I've got some stuff. <laughs> she can, she <laughs> can, confirmed. A girl can get a date. <laughs> But I haven't. <laughs> so are you on apps right now? Like, do you ever do what a lot of us do, which is just kind of pick up the app when we're bored or lonely and then swipe through for a bit of an ego rush? Or are you completely off them? Or what's your approach? All right, long story short, I'm, I'm not on any dating apps now. I have used them, but I really didn't think they were for me at all so I guess like in Berlin I, I love the kind of sex positivity and like the queerness of like lots of kind of clubs and the dating scene being very different kind of the world that I was used to in the UK and I found that really liberating even though I, I guess I identify as a, essentially a straight woman but I don't necessarily feel that much like I fit into like a kind of heteronormative bubble when I was living in Berlin, Tinder ran a big campaign about being single and it being like, stay single because you can date so many people and it kind of being this wild, exciting dating life. And that definitely never appealed to me at all. And for me, it's like relationships or like sexual attraction is so much more about an emotional connection. I mean, partly physical, but I don't want to just sort of sleep around or have one night stands with someone who I, I don't know that never appealed to me. And I've just definitely been thinking about that a lot more recently. And that acceptance of like, it's perfectly fine to be single for the rest of your life if you want to be. I mean, I don't think that is what I want. But it's, I don't know, I think I found that liberating recently to just accept it. I don't have to participate in this dating culture if I don't want to. It's interesting because also don't have multiple definitions for being single as well. Because the assumption is that if you're single, you're dating and there's multiple different kinds, right? Because you're saying you like being single and just being with yourself. And that doesn't mean dating for you. But if you say in a city like Berlin, oh, I'm single, that generally means, yeah, you're either fucking around or you're dating around or you're in some way like you've also said, pursuing your next relationship. The three of us were also in a feminism class together, full disclosure. And we also talked about Sylvia Federici's work and this idea of wages for housework, which is an idea that, you know, women who are married should be paid for the labor that they do at home. And there's, I think, a lot to be said about a Marxist perspective on being single, this is 100% just my own thinking based on my own Marxist feminism, academic readings, blah, blah, blah. But capitalism is based on a system where you have to couple, in my opinion, because you have to have one partner who goes out into the world and serves the system that is obviously dependent on the exploitation and oppression of black and brown bodies. Then they come home to someone who's providing the emotional support, doing the emotional labor for both of those people. One person has to do the emotional labor because if you do your own emotional labor, it's less easy to digest that you're enabling this system. So 
if we say we reject this model and we're going to go out into the world as a single person and focus only on our emotional needs and growth, only on ourselves, it becomes less okay to be blind to what's going on because you you start relating your needs to the needs of others. And I really do think that having your own emotional awareness creates empathy. And if you don't do that, then it's easier to equate fulfillment of your needs with buying a house, buying a car. <laughs> I mean, I do have a tendency to blame capitalism for everything. But where the fuck else would it come from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely an element of that to my decision to be single and to not participate in it. Because I think as I've kind of got more and more secure learned more about feminism it, I'm not accusing all people who are in straight relationships of being like not feminist that's that's not my point at all but I think for me I I did see it as almost a feminist act of just putting myself first and just prioritizing myself and also it helped me separate from a lot of things that I kind of otherwise felt like I had to buy into in terms of like I don't know, beauty standards and all of the stuff that goes alongside dating and also definitely has changed my relationship about whether I want to have children. And I think before I was single, I think I'm a caring person, but you might be as like, Lies. nope. Lies. Lies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I definitely like, I love the idea of being able to care for a child at some point in my life or having a kind of caring role. And I, when I was younger, I definitely thought that would I would want to have children of my own. And of course, that putting, I guess, more pressure on getting in a relationship, all the kind of body clock issues with that. And I think the more I've enjoyed being single and the more I've kind of become comfortable with that, I've also don't think I would have children, at least not biologically my own children, because I don't know, I just got very almost like addicted to this idea that I can just put myself first and like that sounds to me still really selfish but I don't think it should be I think I've just found it liberating to be like wait actually if you're not gonna have children biologically then and taking away that kind of body clock pressure off myself I actually could be single for the next 10 years and that seems really fun to me it doesn't seem yeah, I guess like what you were saying, it don't have to be sort of single and searching. There are other ways to be single and feel like I'm lacking in my life. And I do feel that I can accept opportunities as and when they arrive. And I'm not ready to give that up yet. Equally, I'm I'm not saying everyone in a relationship or who has children is, is doing that, not at all. And for me, I really like this kind of rhythm that I've got in my own life now. And I think, but I also think that's a really good point because, I mean, it's not saying it in a negative way, but you are giving something up when you're in a relationship. You are giving something up when you have a child, period. Like, that's just it. And I think it's really fair to be like, I don't want to give anything up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm meant to be moving to London in two weeks and I might ring you up in a fortnight and be like, oh. I'm in a relationship <laughs> and so before this even comes to like be launched but it's not a rejection of a relationship that's not the thing it's just a celebration and an embracing of being single like, I genuinely love being single and I feel like it often is depicted as either you're this finster who's making the best of a bad situation or like you ultimately like oh 
you are on dating apps though it's not a very like nuanced conversation that I have often with people or even with myself (laughs) yeah I think when you as you were saying like this the body clock thing and just like the general life clock is such a narrative that's like really imposed on women and like in such a way that you, you you won't even really notice it until you find yourself thinking like, oh, maybe I should find somebody before I'm 30 so that I have can have kids before I'm 35. There's all these timelines. And like you, Amelia, I've also sort of been like reconsidering whether or not I want to have children. And I found that just like you said, that has kind of taken away a time limit on my life that I thought was there which has left me more open in general to being able to say like, well, if I don't find somebody now, if I don't have children before I'm 30, then that opens every other door. Also, I don't have to be married before I'm 30. I don't have to do anything actually ever. And I could stay single until I'm 60. And then I could have a wonderful whirlwind romance then. Your whole life suddenly becomes yours instead of being something that one day is going to be promised to somebody else and to your children. It becomes the life of a man. Oh, yeah, exactly. It becomes like your property again, like your goals, your dreams. And if I get into a relationship at some point, it's going to be with somebody who is going to help me with those things that I actually want to do and not that everybody else tells me that I should want. Yeah, I think this is probably not appealing to whoever next gets in a relationship with me. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think like I I definitely I do want to have another relationship or multiple relationships in my life, romantic relationships, because I think they teach you so much and I think they're such an invaluable like experience and there's so much that's positive about being in romantic relationships. And I as much as I've learned a lot by being by myself, I think I would learn so much by being with someone else and the things they would have to teach me about themselves and about myself so I definitely want to be in more relationships but what I know like more so than that is that I definitely want to be single again at another stage in my life Mm. so even if in (laughs) four weeks time I'm like oh by the way I'm in a relationship right now I still hope that at some point whether that's in my 30s or in my 50s or in my 80s I get to experience being alone again like I I think it's just such a nice thing and it's kind of whole society is based around this idea that you meet someone that's it you're together forever and we are challenging that narrative in so many ways I think it still kind of does just I don't know I feel like it's still you're going out on a limb a little bit every time you say hmm know maybe I'll be single when I'm 60 and people are like oh, no, yeah. no don't say that you're gonna infect me with your singleness yeah <laughs> uh, super good point I am kind of realizing that we are also three women who I think feel very comfortable spending time on our own and I I do know that that isn't the case for everyone Are we just two groups of people? Can everyone like to be alone? If we just fight this, you know, stigma and the narrative that we can't be alone because it's bad. And I I mean, romantically alone, like we all have our friendships and family, which I think for us also make us not feel alone in the sense of lonely. I, I definitely think it's a personality thing. And like, I'm trying because to me, my nightmare is being a 
serial monogamous or being in a relationship for the rest of my life. That to me fills me with dread. But I recognize that that for so many people is the dream. That's the thing that would make them happiest in the world. So I think it's probably personality types. And I think there is, yeah, no right way to kind of love or to be happy. I think it's just that being single is it's still seen as a negative or an in-between phase. And I think mm-hmm. it's just challenging the idea that it's not that for everyone. But I do believe for a lot of people it is. Like a lot of people don't want to be single and they love themselves. They can have all the therapy in the world and they're really content, but they want to be in a relationship. And I think I need to recognize that as someone who doesn't want that, there is this alternative model. And I'm sure it's kind of as much as I feel dismissed when people think that I'm sad when I'm single, I need to also probably not be dismissive of people who bounce from relationship to relationship and assuming that they're filling some kind of void because maybe they're not, they just like relationships. Talking about alternative models, have you ever considered sort of relationships that are open or that are like less you know, like I know couples who are married and they don't live in the same country or they don't live in the same house. Are those things that you ever think about how to have maybe a different relationship or do you, if you were to have a relationship interested in this like monogamous model, maybe? Good question. I, I don't know. I think like, I don't really know what I think on anything, but everything's evolving and I fully give myself permission to like listen to this podcast in the future and be like, what was I talking about? So my thoughts on relationships and even like my identity, I leave space for that to like evolve and grow monogamy isn't the problem for me and if anything I do think I it appeals to me like being in Berlin and being on dating apps or meeting people and then being in an open relationship and that being very common absolutely go for it but it's not what what would work for me I don't think I definitely think like I would challenge the idea that you're in like one monogamous relationship and it's great it's a really positive relationship so therefore you just stay in it forever like that doesn't appeal to me and whether that's like an alternative model of relationship where you acknowledge that you're probably not going to want to stay together or maybe you're like oh this is great I'm going to have three years by myself and then see where we're at after that and maybe so I'm definitely yeah open to breaking kind of relationship norms in that sense but I don't think it's kind of through the path of open relationship I mean It sounds so simple, and I know that listening to yourself and your needs is something that comes with practice. (laughs) That's not something that most of us know how to do, just I think especially a lot of women are taught not to listen to our gut and listen to ourselves, and therefore we're also not taught to listen to our needs. And Amelia, it just sounds awesome because you've listened to your needs and you're figuring out what they are. Imagine how we could reconfigure a system of dating, which is based on the nuclear family, a capitalist construction, and how freeing it would be to teach people to just search for things and respond to things that they need and want. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Obviously, it's hard. Like, I don't think, like you say, we we know what we need or what we want at so much of the time. And I think especially if you are in a happy, like I, my relationship was happy. There was no problem with it. 
and I think it was quite hard to make that leap to be like no I I know that this is good but I know that I want to be alone and and it's quite hard to give people the answers to that if there's not a problem with the opposite the alternative my loneliness isn't connected to romantic relationships it's so much more dependent on my friendships and my social scene so I could be in a relationship and be so much more lonely than I would be being single and you know like living in Berlin I never felt lonely because I had so many friends <laughs> sorry <laughs> you're so popular and you just never had a minute to yourself <laughs> sorry I had lots of friends fortunately and I never felt lonely and not to say I felt lonely in relationship it's just it's not the relationship that is the factor for me I think it's Jamila Woods there's a lyric where she says I'm not lonely I'm alone and I really like that like I think there's a difference and I think the term alone for so many people just means lonely and it shouldn't because they're two different things thank you so much for joining us today Amelia um, and for sharing your thoughts on singlehood and self-love with us and we count you as a very treasured friend oh I'm gonna cry mm-hmm. thank you we love you <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Umsteigermöglichkeiten. As always, we are on Instagram at Umsteigerpodcast if you'd like to DM us and or people normally do keep up with our episodes and when they come out. You don't have to DM us if you, if you don't really want to. Shout out to Mokia for providing this mic and another big thank you for everyone who participated in our big sale. It was a huge success and we want to say thank you to Marcos and Mokia for bringing a bunch of people who bought our baked goods. They are officially platinum grade podcast friends. So shout out to you guys, the real MVPs. Whoever put in that 20 euro note, you're you're a legend. You can have my hand in marriage. Okay, goodbye now. (laughs) You heard it here first. You can buy Marta for 20 euros. I know, I love being single, but it's only worth 20 euros. (laughs) 